Well, golf addicts, welcome to the Tour Junkies show for the RBC Canadian Open. And we got a fantastic show. I'm telling you, um, this is a show that's been a long time coming. It really has. Uh, it's me and Tim Anderson. Okay. Now, listen, I'm going to let Tim talk about himself here in a minute. All right. And then he can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. But because um, we're going to we're going to do a lot of things in the show. All right. We're going to give you some betting picks. All right. First off, let me do this. Ground rules. Ground rules for this show, because this is different. I'm in charge. Not DB. He's on vacation. He's doing his thing. All right. He's relaxing. And as I told Tim before we went live, this is what he does. David just throws it all at me, throws it all at me. And so I got to I got to make things happen. And that's what we're going to do. But here's a few ground rules. OK. All right. We're going to talk bets. I'm going to give you some bets. All right. Those so picks are going to happen. All right. And I may or may not go in the right order. I don't know. OK. All right. Add reads. Are gonna happen, Tim. Okay, ad reads are gonna happen. Now people get all up in arms when we we have too many ad reads. So here's the thing: I'll probably miss some stuff. I'll forget something. I'll forget, you know, that I need to give some kind of promo code or something, and I, I just won't say it. But you know what? That's that. You're just gonna have to deal with that. Okay. The other thing that's gonna happen is a lot of laughs, and this is gonna be different than the shows that we typically do. So while we're gonna give the picks. Tim and I got a lot to discuss, all right? You know, we, we got a lot of things that we need to talk about. Um, you know, we'll get in here to the uh, to the RBC Canadian. We'll talk a little bit first off, too, about uh, Victor Hovland winning at the Memorial. Um, Tim, real quick, tell the uh, folks a little about yourself. You know, I, you're famous, so you, you got a lot of things. But just quickly, <laughs> Tim, Tim Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. I, I dispute that claim that I'm famous. Uh, people who know me know me from the Pat Mayo experience and, and Pat Mayo's podcast. And the reason I'm on those podcasts, a lot like for those of you who are Simpsons fans and remember that Homer got his job at the nuclear plant because he showed up the day it opened. He had no qualifications for it. He was just there on day one. Yeah. That's literally the only reason I'm on that podcast hmm. uh, is because I was there the, 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 that it opened. Um, I'm just a normal average person who expresses his perspectives as he sees it uh i live in canada it's not ironic it's no surprise that i'm on this podcast um i'm often accused of cursing things not true no zero evidence of that i don't um, believe that by the way of course not of course not. i don't believe it uh, i'm often accused of having bad takes it's because other people just have bad opinions and my opinions have to be correct mm -hmm. but more or less that's who I am. I'm, I'm the everyman. I like to consider myself the everyman. Well, you know what? People would say that about me, too, Tim. So, I mean, there's a lot we have in common, and uh, I'm totally with you. I, um, I, I can't wait to get into some of the topics we're going to talk about on this show. First off, though, we got to go down the leaderboard, all right? Down the leaderboard, presented by Leaderboard. Uh, leaderboard, by the way, is a fantastic app. And you know what? They've got some new things uh, coming down. We've got an update, actually. Uh, to the leaderboard app so a few things that you want to look at you can create groups with unique names avatars descriptions settings all of that stuff so you can create these golf groups i think that's pretty cool uh, you can chat within the group this is just a great all-around app for golf for me you know i like to track my stats in here but then you have your games that you can play you can play just regular stroke play match play nassau's all of that kind of stuff uh, by the way, I left up the uh, captain here. I'm going to have to take that down so you can see everything. Um, you need to download Leaderboard, though, because it's fantastic. A lot of things that you can do. And on top of that, you can post your handicap to GHIN um, or GIN, GIN, whatever they call it. So download the Leaderboard app. Um, I already forgot whatever the promo code is. I don't know. We'll see. DB's, DB's in the chat. He can he can put that up. Um, but uh, anyway, so let's let's take this graphic down. Down the leaderboard, though, we talk about just something on the leaderboard that I noticed, and I got to talk about Ricky Fowler a little bit. Jim. Great. Um, There's nothing I love more than hearing about Ricky Fowler. Everybody loves to talk about the guy who doesn't win, who is going to win, who hasn't won in a long time. When was the okay. last time you finished in the top five of a term? But I'm supposed to pretend like Ricky Fowler. Who oh. walks on water. Uh, but go ahead. No, talk more about Ricky Fowler, because I'm certainly not oh, tired okay. of hearing well, about well, it. Let's, uh, listen, Tim. All right. First off, let's talk about this. He had a top 10 last week. You know how many top 10s he's had this season? Six or seven. Six. Very good. Six. So obviously you're paying attention to Ricky Fowler. 
How can't I? Everybody keeps talking about him like he wins every week. Well, I mean, he's kind of popular, to... Tim. Oh, I understand that he's popular. He wears yeah. cool Puma stuff. Well, I, I agree. I don't know. Great. Okay. Yeah, whatever there. Um, he's got 12 top 25s this season, though. So the, he's coming along. Do you think he can win, though? Do you think it helps when win? half the best players on tour don't play on the PGA Tour anymore? Of course he's doing well. Listen, I did not want to get into a live discussion, Tim. So no, we're we don't not- have to. We don't have to. But I'm just saying, like, that, let's understand Ricky Fowler is doing well because the pool is, is shorter. Would he have a win if he was on live? Um, no, I don't think he's good enough to, to win at these tournaments right now. Isn't he, though? If he went to live, people would talk about him even more. And then you would be even more annoyed by Ricky Fowler and maybe not as big maybe. on live, Right? Um, I, I'm not big on live. That's a misnomer as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he would be talked about a lot because people are obsessed with him. Because, like, they, they want to pretend like his accomplishments, which, are not, which is not winning, he's really yeah. good at that, uh, is something that we have, to, we have to start the Canadian Open, not with what happened at the Memorial, not with at the odds board. But let's talk about Ricky Fogg. Let's hear more about Ricky. Are you jealous of Ricky? Jealous of what? I mean, he and I have won the same amount of PGA Tour events in the last five years. Well, I mean, he's, he's kind of handsome. He's got a, a nice-looking wife. That's true. Okay. You know, he has a lot of top 25s. He, he does finish in the top 25 a lot when the best players aren't in, on the PGA Tour anymore. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, I, I'm okay with that. Um, listen, though, the real winner, though, last week was Victor Hovland. And sure. you know, I know your friend Jeff Feinberg had a lot on Victor Hovland. I bet Victor at 8-1, to one, okay, going into Sunday – a live bet, I thought plus 800 was way too much for Victor Hovland, only being one shot back. So I was excited to slam that button and bet him, and I put it in our nut hut. So if you're not in the nut hut, by the way, you got to join the nut hut. Join our Discord. Tim, you should get in there. I don't know what Discord is. Well, I mean, we can teach you Discord, right? I, I have like four Google. apps on my phone. I, I don't know don't what it is. You, do, you have what on your phone? I have like four apps on my phone. Four apps? That aren't like the preset I don't know. I don't. Oh, so you don't, okay. You don't delete the, uh, you don't delete the, no. uh, the preset apps. I don't. Okay. I don't know how. Have you ever had an app that you can't find? Like it was there and then it just was gone and you're like, what, what the hell happened to that app? So you got to search for it and it just disappears off the screen. I, I, I don't have enough apps for that. The problem. I go two screens worth and then I stop. Oh, okay. That's where my phone stops. Man, I have too many apps, Tim. It's ridiculous. I need some organization with, with the app. Though. And you probably have like 800,000 emails in your inbox, too, too I bet. No. Well, okay. I don't leave a lot of uh, them unread. It's just like you can't – I can't leave a text unread either. That drives me crazy. I don't want all these numbers up there. I, I don't need 5,000 emails showing up in my inbox. It's going to give me anxiety. It's going to make a lot of things just, just – it, it just can't happen. I agree. Um, all right. Let's talk about the betting, though, this week. Uh, other, right, Victor was great. Fine memorial. I think he was around thirty to one. He was a, he was a great pick. Um, now I did have Denny McCarthy at one hundred and twenty five to one. So obviously I was pulling for Denny. But really, did you think when he got to the playoff that Denny would win? I did not. But still, um, it was a good week for me, especially with the Victor outright after Saturday night. Um, all right, let's talk about some bets real quick for the Canadian Open, and then we'll, we'll talk. We'll, we'll we'll get into some more topics here, Tim. But at the, looking at the board up to 25 to 1, I'm going to give you a couple that really just, just kind of off the top of my head I really like this week. All right. Okay. And I got to start with this. I'm not betting Rory. All right. Rory is too short. He's at plus 450 on DraftKings. Um, he's right around that number on some other books. I, I can't, I'm, you know, I said last week that a lot of people are trying to just divorce themselves from Rory. And, and I get that. Now he is the back-to-back champion of the Canadian Open, and we're on a different course this week. I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but the thing is, Rory just can't close the door right now. Um, you know, he, he played well last, last week, but, you know, once again, he's a loser, okay? He's, I, I'm, I'm saying that with all due respect, but I do like Rory. Um, your thoughts on Rory. Would you play him at plus 450? Yes. Only because I think Canada is becoming a happy place for him. It's a if, happy there are, if there are horses for courses, Canada seems to be a warm, receptive place for Rory. He seems to play well there. He seems to enjoy the tournament. 
Uh, he seems to enjoy, you know, the the the, the whole ambiance of it. It's in southern Ontario again. It really isn't that far where his other victories have been. I, I you know, Rory's by far the best player in this field. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing him at a plus five hundred right now. Like, go with him. I, I mean, I I think he's, you know, is there is he going to win this tournament one every five times? Yeah, probably right around there. If they played this tournament five times, he probably wins it one every five times. Yeah, it's hard to win back to back to back though. It is, but also remember, like, back-to-back-to-back to back to back with a two-year break in between, right? He won right. in 19, he won in 22. So, yes, it, that is true, but it's, like, with an asterisk. Yeah, that's a good point, Tim. That's a good point. Um, this is my show. You don't need to fact-check me, Tim, okay? <laughs> um, just, just okay? All right. All right. I I won't I won't bring up another fact. I mean, maybe if show, it's I funny, promise. if it's a funny you know thing, okay. you can be funny about it. But you know, listen, I forgot. Okay. But okay. Yeah. okay. Um. But here's the thing. I I, I kind of do like I love Rory. I always want to bet him. I think I'll definitely play him in DFS, and and I'll I'll have a DFS show later. Uh, which, by the way, speaking of the DFS show, if you want the course breakdown and all that kind of stuff, that's where the D- that's where you're going to have that. Okay, it's not going to be on this show. We're not going to talk about the course. It is a new course that we got this week um, at Oakdale, but we're, we're just not gonna we're not gonna talk about that. We're we're gonna get into the pick. But here's who I do like at the top of the board. If we're looking, you know, up to twenty five to one. First off, I'm going to continue to do this. I'm continuing to bet Tommy Fleetwood. I'm seeing twenty two to one odds is is the best for him. Uh, Fleetwood is just like every part of his game has been clicking. I know it is. It just feels like. It's it's like wasted money every time you bet Tommy Fleetwood, but I'm I'm going with him this week. Um, Tim, you know, speaking of Feinberg, who's 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 a winner with Victor last week, does he go back to back get another winner? He's a big Fleetwood fan. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tommy Fleetwood? I've never been a Tommy Fleetwood guy. Going back to his performance at uh, Shinnecock Hills, where he whined and complained about missing a putt after shooting 63, had the exact wrong attitude after that. Mm-hmm. And sort of, I sort of soured uh, about, about him up on that. Um, he's a marvelous player, but do I think he's going to win this tournament? No, because he doesn't win. Like, why would I expect somebody who doesn't win to win? Like, yeah, but what if he wins and then you weren't on him and, and you. That's okay. You then I would, then we can, you know, shake him warmly by the hand and congratulate him and wish him the best of luck. But, you know, he's got to win. Before I can believe he's going to win. Well, he has one. It's just not on the PGA Tour. Yeah, okay. But this is Fair a different enough. country. It's, it's not where most things are for the PGA You're Tour. right. You're right. You're right. You fact-checked me there. Very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh-huh. You're right about that. Uh, it, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but I know a lot of people will be with him, and, like, good luck to them. I, I don't wish against anybody's fortune. Yeah. Well, it always worries me when I bet. I bet Fleetwood, but I I worried also that I may just like I'm going to miss out. That's how betting goes a lot too. By the way, Tim, a lot of times you're just you bet guys because you're afraid to miss out. Um, Victor was one last week that I when I bet him Saturday night because I was like, you know, if Denny doesn't win, oh, I also had Rory at sixteen to one, so they're both in the final group, and I'm sitting there thinking if I don't bet Victor at something to win this golf tournament, he comes back and wins. I'm going to be, yeah. and that's exactly what happened, you know? So that's, that's how I, no, think. I understand. That's how I think that. Okay. A couple other guys that I like Shane Lowry. He's up here at 20 to one. He's another one that I just continuously bet and he'll get really close and then he won't win. But I do like Shane Lowry. Um, I got to bet a Canadian up here. So I'm going to go with Corey Connors. And I think Corey Connors is one that, you know, a lot of people like if they're playing DFS, um, you know, I don't know what the ownership is going to be. I hate doing ownership projections anyway with DFS, but we don't care about that for betting. And I know he had a bad week last week and he screwed a lot of people, but I think, um, and now I don't even know how to even fact check this, but maybe, you know, when the last Canadian winner was of the RBC Canadian Open. Oh, I don't know. It's the 1950s. It's like the 1950s. Yeah. So of, of any of, of, I mean, Connors to me has the best chance in this field. Obviously he's got the best odds. He's one of the best players in this field. So I, I got to say, do you, do you like Connors this week? Do you like that number? No, bad putter. Bad putter on a golf course that's going to be a bomb and wedge type of spot. It's going to be a putting contest. Whoever gains the most strokes putting is probably going to win this tournament, you know, if we're being smart about it. Yeah. 
Connors is just not very good with his flat stick compared to the other guys in the top, you know, 15 or 20, the odd board. So I get the logic behind it and I get wanting to bet a Canadian because why not? But I don't think he'd be the way I'd go on. Who do you think anybody that I have not talked about in this range that just jumps off the board at you? I picked Tigala for the one and done competition. Okay. Tigala. Uh, I liked him. Tigala? Yeah. Tigala? Tigala. Tigala. I thought it was Tigala, but maybe it's Tigala. The H is uh, silent? But it, I could be wrong. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just looked at his numbers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, got a, he had a win at the shootout. Uh, you know, he had a top 10 at the Masters, top 10 at the Heritage. I just thought, you know, you know, he made the cut at the, at uh, Oak Hill. I just thought that this would be a nice spot for him. So that's what. Well, I and I'm always a big T. Gala fan. Also, I think um, he's a scorer. I think this is still going to be, you know, a birdie, you know, birdie fest a little bit. I mean, they set yes. it up usually pretty easy in Canada. They try to get it hard, but it just never tends to be that way. And like you said, it's going to be a little bit of a wedge contest. And when that happens, people are dropping birdies. They're dropping birdies, so you got to be a scorer. That is probably the one downside too about Connors. Is I, I mean, Connors can definitely score. I, I don't know what he had when he won earlier this year, but I agree. When you get into a put, putting contest, which a lot of people say this event can be, Connors may not. He may not match up. So, I, so I get that. Maybe I'm a little. Too- I like I like him better next week at Los Angeles. I do. Then I do. I this agree. Week. I agree there. Um, I want to talk about some things that I've. That are on my mind, but I would okay. like. Actually, I want to know this. What's bothering you right now? Is there anything bothering you, Tim? What's bothering me right now? It, it yeah. continues to be. Look, every time I go through the drive-through at a fast food place, the amount of places that don't have garbage cans as you're driving through drives me insane. Mm-hmm. I have garbage in my car that I want to throw out, and I feel like if I'm patronizing your establishment and I'm spending my money, the least you can do is have an accessible garbage can to the driver's side window that I can deposit my coffee cup or my stuff from last time I went through in that garbage. And the amount of places that don't have it just boggles my mind why they don't have it. It is really an inconvenience for me. You know what? I agree with this, Tim. And how come they're always full? Exactly. If they're they full because have... everybody wants to use them is the reason they're full. Yeah. Because they're awesome. It... Yes. It's so, I don't even understand. How hard is it to put the trash can right there, you know, out your left side as you're going through there? Unless drive-thrus are on the right in Canada. I don't know. Are they still on the left in Canada? Yes, and we ski to school. And, uh, you know, we live live in ice huts. And, you know, no, of course, it's just like uh, the United States. Okay. I just didn't know. I was just, I was curious. Okay. But I agree. The trash can should be there in every single drive through line because I got trash I need to get rid of. All right. And I don't want it to be full. Send somebody out there. Look, if you're going to make people pull off to the side to get their food, which I hate also when the people, when they do that. The worst. Yeah. They send. Don't make me get out of line. Yeah. I want my stuff. I agree. I'm not asking for something super crazy complicated. Uh, I want no ketchup on something, or I want lettuce on something. Like, why do I have to wait 20 minutes? Oh, not 20, that's an exaggeration. Why should I have to wait five minutes and get out of line to wait? Oh, it drives me up the wall. And then when they do make you get out of line, it is guaranteed that you're going to wait even longer. And then for me, they, they're going to forget about me. They're going to forget about me, or they're going to get the order wrong, and i got to get out of my car and go inside. The worst. But if you're going to send somebody, if you're going to send somebody in the little lane, you know, go park in number one or number two. Well, at least that person that goes out there needs to change the trash on their way back or something. So agreed. If there is a trash can, which we all want, you know, a thousand percent agree. Well, just frustrates me to no end. I agree. That's bothering me right now too. I didn't. I didn't know that's what you were going to say when I asked that question, but um. That's a good one. You know, here's another thing I heard you talking about recently, and I need, I think I need to talk to you about this. Okay. Um, you want to be a bingo caller. Now, oh, I, I think that would be so much fun. Yeah, but I, did you know I'm a bingo caller? No, but now I want to hear about it. Yeah, so for, for my real job, uh, we have bank, we, we call it bank bingo, or that's what I call it. 
And so every every few months, I'm the bingo caller, and the the winner gets a free day off or or something, you know, awesome. gift card. Maybe I don't know if they do the day off anymore, but it's all That's electronics. Awesome. Like I don't have to use my voice. Okay, so I just like put in B, you know, eight in the in the in the chat. We have like a little group work chat, you know, Microsoft chat, whatever it is. Um, so I don't have to talk, you know, which is which is good. I'm okay with that. But I gotta say, I don't like bingo. I, I think bingo is is um I mean there's no skill in it. Like what are, what is the skill to bingo? It's it's just it's dumb to me. And so I don't I don't understand it. And then you want to come in and learn how to be this great bingo caller. And I'm not like I'm a little confused by this. Like, why not be an auctioneer? I think I could be an auctioneer too. In fact, I'm preempting something I was gonna talk about at one point. On okay. Patcho, I think I could be a pretty good auctioneer too. Hmm. But you start, I think you got to start baby steps and you start with the bingo hall and you start calling numbers. Now, to me, the allure of it, like the, the, the grandeur of it, is to be able to, you know, project that royal bearing to say B7 under the seven, B7, and then, you know, to do all that. Hmm. I just think it seems like a lot of fun. Uh, you're right. Bingo isn't a game of skill, but like there are slot machines. There's lots of things that people enjoy that have no skill to them. That's a good point. They're random chance. I mean, look, let's be honest. Poker is mostly random chance. You don't control your cards, your opponent's cards, or the community cards. A lot of the things we enjoy in life is random chance. It doesn't make them not fun. Plus, the daubers are so cool to be able to bang around with them. Uh, I'm I'm pro bingo. Have you played? much bingo in like like an actual bingo place i have played some but i haven't played a lot and i haven't played in a while have you ever seen this happens to me as the bingo caller for the bank people get really angry even bank people when you're just being i mean all i'm trying to do is throw out a, a you know an <laughs> i-27 and I didn't, you know, I don't know what's coming. I got my own little thing. I, I spin it around and then I just I get my number, you know, the ball and I, I just tell everybody what it is. But they hate the bingo caller. Can you accept that much hate if you get up there and you're like, have you been on my Twitter page in the past? Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You're much better at me than than accepting the hate. I, I get blamed for things that I have zero control over all the time. So yeah. this would just be another thing that people would blame me for. Uh, you know, you want to think that I'm in cahoots against Mildred from getting the cross symbol on mm -hmm. her bingo card? Go ahead. You know, whatever. I, it doesn't bother me. I'm just pulling numbers. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get a cut of this. I'm just doing it for fun, for the glory of it. Is there something you tell yourself whenever you get hate just that, you know, like, um, what's the guy on Saturday Night Live? Like, you're good enough. You know, you're I get smart it. enough. I... <laughs> and doggone it, people like you, Tim. Do you say that it. to yourself? I get so much that it just, you just learn to shrug your shoulders after a while. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just go, meh, whatever, right? And you know, I'll have people yell at me and then reach out to me in the DMs later and, like, apologize. I'm like, meh, whatever. I don't care, man. Like, just, this is Twitter. Who cares? Yeah, it is. Twitter's an amazing thing. Uh, all right, well, we got some more topics that I want to bring up, but let's sure. let's uh, move on to um, we're going to talk about the next range. But first, but first, let me get to another ad, okay? And I'm going to see if I can find this thing. Um, these are called graphics. Picket. All right, join Picket. Tim, you should probably join Picket. They're an app that uh, you can go on and you can track all your betting. Uh, so if you go on the picket, you download the app for free. Use code TJ. It supports all kinds of different things. You got, I mean, you can see it in the graphic here. All right. Or there are people listening though, so I guess I should describe it. But you got DK FanDuel, you know, points bet, all the books out there, underdog, prize picks. You can you can, you know, link these to your picket page and then you can track all your betting, see how you're doing. It is a good way to do that. I always say, like, you can't get better at what you're doing if you're if you're a gambler or at anything really you know play golf using the leaderboard app to track your stats if you don't know what you're bad at you can never get better so or you know you can't focus on the things that you're great at right so that's one of the things i like about picket it can always track everything so download the picket app use code dj okay um all right let's talk about um 
Let's talk about some bets up to the 75 to one range. Now, this is an interesting range to me because there are a lot of different ways that you can go. Um, there, there are several Canadians in here, so we could talk about some of those. Um, and then we also got some guys that are, um, well, for one, we got this Ludwig Van, Van Beethoven Aberg, the, the <laughs> former amateur um, that is now not an amateur, I believe. Uh, this is his first pro tour event as a pro. Uh, he has played other events in the past, um, but he is 66 to one. I don't believe in doing that. I'm not going to go. This isn't the LPGA and, and Rose Zane coming out, guys. Okay. All right. Who has had a chance to win? I don't even know if she won yesterday, but she had a chance. Um, I don't think A. Bird's winning. All right. But here's who I think can win. I got a few in here that, that I like. Um, for one, Tegala is at 33 to 1. Um, so we're getting him a little bit uh, longer. I, I like those odds for him. He scores a lot. I, I like him uh, this week. A couple others. Um, I like Adrian Moronk. He is at 50 to 1, just a solid player, European tour, and now he's playing more on the PGA tour. So I like Adrian Moronk. He's another one that um, I think you should bet. Another one, Eric Cole. Eric Cole is 75 to 1. This guy just continues week in and week out to play extremely well. Uh, just a very solid player. So I think he's one that you should look at also this week. Um, you know, you got your guys like Adam Hadwin. I can't ever get Adam Hadwin right, Tim. When, when is the right time to bet Adam Hadwin? Maybe it's a putting contest like Maybe. this week, right? Maybe. The pressure will be so great on someone like that. Like, it's funny, Canada's not a huge golf country, but there does seem to be quite a bit of pressure that, that does get heaped upon Canadians when they're vying in this tournament. Mm -hmm. That you've got to, he's got to have nerves of steel down the stretch to make those putts. Um, I, I certainly would trust him more with a putter in his hand than Connors, and I don't think it's a terrible bet. But I'm anxious about all the Canadians this week. Uh, you know, pulling for them, sure, it'd be nice to see one win, but it's, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Adam Svensson's another one. He's at 66 yep. to 1. You know, Adam Svensson, he really screwed me last week. I had a great lineup in, in DK, and he was the one that missed the cut. And I think the thing about Svensson, though, is he's, he's got sort of a, uh, is something off in his brain, Tim. Like, he, He's not the smartest tool in the tool shed. But for me, that's not a bad thing with golf because it helps. Like, you probably forget things easier, right? You don't yeah, you have to have the mentality of a starting yeah. pitcher, right? You just have yeah. to be able to forget the shot you just hit because the only shot that really matters, the only one that accounts, is the one you're about to hit. Yeah, and that's why I think, you know, Adam Svensson forgets easily. Like, he just, like, you know, he, he saw a shot. And it was a bad one. Then all of a sudden, he's thinking about something else, or a squirrel goes up a tree, or something, and just distracts him, and he doesn't know what to do. So he's just on to the next shot. So I think I think Svensson could be a pretty good play, sixty-six to one. I don't care what he did last week. I'm going to be back on him this week. Um, so we'll, you know, anybody else in this range, like up to seventy-five to one, that just kind of jumped out to you that you know when you're looking at the odds. I had a star next to Nikolai Hoygaard. I like that. I like that. Any reason in particular? Because he made the cut at the PGA and didn't play too badly. He played well at Corrales. He played decently in Mexico and in Valero. Just he seems like the sort of player who sort of fits this track a little bit. And he's young, and I don't think we'll be intimidated by the fact that there's going to be a big crowd and a national audience. And he's too young to know better in a lot yeah. of ways. I think it's he, you know I. I I don't know a lot about him, but I, I look at his numbers here. I think he's a reasonable play. Yeah, I, I looked at him, too. Um, I believe it was when Matt Wallace won. Um, was that Corrales? You said that earlier. Was it his second yeah. place? Yeah. Um, when he was right there on, on the leaderboard with a chance to win. A couple things, though, too, when you look at his stats, I mean, um, he's a very good putter. He's top 25 in the field when you look at putting on bentgrass greens. He's 10th in the field in birdie or better percentage. So when you look at a potential scoring um, scoring fest this week, uh, I think uh, Hoygaard could certainly uh, fit in that category. So I do like him as well. I am, I'm totally with you. Um, all right, so that's that range. Uh, I got a few other things I need to talk about. Okay. Tim, I, I'm tired of hearing about shows. 
All right. I, I am so tired of shows. I am not a show person. Okay. I don't, and I know what you're, you, you don't know what I'm talking about, but here's what I'm talking about. Okay. I don't, I'm forced to hear about Yellowstone and Succession okay. and Game of Thrones and all of these damn shows that everybody's watching, except me. And I'm not jealous. I'm not saying this because I'm jealous, Tim. I'm tired of hearing about shows and I don't care about them. And the whole damn world is watching them. It's all you see on Twitter. You know, why do I have to watch a show? Okay, why, why can't I watch something else? Like, why do I have to be a show person? I, so, I don't... two things. First, nobody is actually watching any of these shows. You look at the actual viewership for these shows. They're infinitesimal. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, the mass Singer probably gets ten times the viewership that any of these shows get on a regular basis. Uh, secondly, you don't need to watch them. The thing about these shows is that they are culturally, they burn bright for like, it seems like six months, and then no one ever talks about them again. And if you miss them, unless they happen to have real staying power, and it almost never happens, then you haven't missed anything. And if they really are like culturally important, then you know what? You will catch up on them because five years from now, eight years from now, people will be talking about them. And so the only ones that you'll catch up and watch in five, eight, ten years' times are the ones that were worth you investing your time in anyway. And you didn't have to worry about the fluff that everyone said you have to watch this show that you know dozens of people are watching on BBC America. Uh, yeah. But then no one talks about it three weeks later because, again, no one watched it, and uh, you're no worse off for it. I mean, so I'm more or less with you. Yeah, are they really that good? Because everybody on Twitter or whatever is like, this is the best show I've ever seen. I don't Anytime know. Anytime someone tells you this is the best show they've ever seen, I mean, I almost would not listen to them. Because, yeah. like, almost nothing is going to be the best you've ever saw. That's just living in the moment. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, now, Seinfeld. People don't I, watch shows. Well, I don't think they do either. People don't watch shows. Yeah. Some people do. Very small amount of people do. But most of us, I watch television. I don't watch shows. I flip my TV on at eight o'clock and i just watch what's on uh without any with, almost without any particular objective unless there's a uh, sporting event i just watch tv whatever nbc has on or whatever that's what i'm watching for a while yeah i'm the same or i flip to a braves game or something i'm gonna watch sure. like i don't need to i don't need to have all this intensity with the show for one you don't need to i don't i need there, there's a cultural elitism to it that you can just cut right through by not watching yes Again, and That's if it really exactly is that, right. yeah. and these if it really is that great, watch it in eight years' time, and then you'll be no worse off. This these elitist show people. Oh, yeah, there is there is an elitism to it that you know. Yeah. If you're not watching it, well, you know, I don't live on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. I am not a cultural elite. Um, the average Joe who watches TV that the average Joe watches, and I'm not ashamed about that. Yeah, I am. And you shouldn't be ashamed about it either. Okay, well, thank you. I, I needed that because I'm, I'm tired of it. My wife shames me for, for no show watching. I don't need that. Television doesn't exist for you to watch shows. It exists for you yeah. to watch. Shows yeah. are just, they come with the package. I'm totally with you there. All right, I guess we should move on. Um, let's get into the next range. Um, before we get into the next range, we got some other, some other people to talk about. All right. Um, now this is SoBet. I love SoBet, by the way. SoBet is a is a fantastic site, app, whatever you want to call it. Um, they got great content. They got a lot of content providers that come in onto SoBet. They vet all these guys, so you can't even be a or girls, guys and girls. You can't be a content provider on SoBet without getting vetted. So you got folks like that do baseball, Tim. You got golf. You got football. You got all the things, all right? So it's fantastic. Go into SoBet, use the code TJ, and just try it out, all right? Join everybody that's cashing a bunch of tickets in this this app. And that's that's because, look, I don't, you know, I don't know everything about golf, Tim. I mean, people may think I do, but but I don't. So, you know, David's on SoBet, and he, he, he lets you know a few things that he knows. Um, but then what is really valuable for me is because I can go in there and follow people and get some good advice from baseball because I love baseball, love to bet baseball. I'm doing fantasy baseball for the first time ever this year, uh, which is way more detailed than I ever thought it would be. Um, but anyway, lots of content on SoVet. 
go join those folks because they are fantastic. Great partners of ours. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about up to 130 to 1. I actually think you could see some winners in here, Tim. Like, I don't, like, there are a lot of tournaments where I'm looking at, like last week at Memorial, and, and we, we're doing these shows every single week, and a lot of them you just get to this point, and you're thinking to yourself in your mind, well, I got to get some plays, but I just don't believe anybody in this range can win. Last week, I thought we were going to get somebody like a Victor Hovland or a Rory to win. Victor won. Rory was in the last group. Luckily, now, I guess we did have Denny Ham or D Denny Hamlin. Denny McCarthy. Denny Hamlin's a NASCAR. Are you surprised I knew who a NASCAR driver was, Tim? No, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Atlanta Motor Speedway isn't that far away, right? No, it's not. So, uh, yeah, Denny, Denny Hamlin. Uh, anyway, McCarthy was up there but did not win. So there, you know, there was a guy up there that could win. But I, I think there are some guys this week in this range that, that I think we could. And I'll, I'll bring up, up a few here. So we're looking at 76 to 1 to 130 to 1 uh, up in this range. You know, I, I think there's there's a few here. One, I like Joseph Bramlett. Joseph Bramlett is at 80 to 1, so he's on the front end of this range. He's a guy that, um, you know, I feel like it's just consistently, uh, you know, up there in a lot of events. Um, he's, you know, he's He hasn't won yet. I get that. Um, but the dude can score. So I do think Joseph Bramlett is one that we could look at 80 to 1. Where am I? Why can't I find him? Did he withdraw? You know, this happens to me all the time, Tim, by the way. <laughs> Somebody will withdraw, and I didn't see it, and DB has to fact-check me and tell me what happened to him. Now I can't find him. So um in here somewhere. Anyway, all right, we'll move on from him. Um, another guy that I like, Aaron Rye. Aaron Rye is another one. He is at 110 to 1. He's another score. He's another one that okay. I kind of on Aaron Rye last week. Um, he missed the cut, but he did have that T12 at the Charles Schwab. I think Aaron Rye could also be another good play this week. Um, he is at 110 to 1. Also, Brendan Todd is at 100 to 1. Brendan Todd's one of those guys that I do think when you get into um, you know, potential scoring, he's a great ball striker for one. But that dude can score. Like he he seems boring to a lot of folks. But if you look at like when he was just getting back on the tour after going through some things a few years ago, I mean he was like 25, 26 under when he won again. The dude can get on a hot streak and score. So I do like some Brendan Todd as well. Um so anyway, I think he's a good one that we could look at also. Anybody off off the top of your head, Tim, that you like uh, in this sort of It's just a hunch play. Um I, I don't even know how well, uh, and I'm sure they don't. In fact, I'm sure they don't correlate very well. Uh, a place like uh, where they play the, the Valspar the, or even uh, API. But I, I kind of like Webb Simpson this week. I don't know. Just call it a hunch. He hasn't mm -hmm. been playing very well. He played poorly at Oak Hill. He barely made the cut at the Wells Fargo. He didn't make the cut at the Heritage. I understand. That's why his odds are extraordinarily long. I just feel like... He, you know, has an experience of winning big tournaments. You're getting really long odds on him, so I like Webb Simpson, but I don't have any particular reason beyond just a gut hunch. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, Webb eventually is going to get it back together. Um, he's a proven winner on tour, and not very long ago. I mean, people forget it was, what, 2019 when he won the Players' Championship? 2018, so I think. 2019 was Rory, I think, so 2018. Okay. So, you know, again, I guess we are getting on the five years here, but, but Webb is, you know, he's still a super talented player, has gone through a little bit with his game lately, but I agree. I think he, um, he certainly can, can win. You know, we got some Canadians in here. We do. You know, we got, you know, Nick mm -hmm. Taylor. Everybody loves Nick Taylor. Um, now he's, he's maybe at like 80 to 1. Then you've got, you know, like Mackenzie Hughes, who drives me crazy. Mackenzie Hughes never, does what I want him to do. And, and anytime I bet him, it just has to be at random times because I never can feel like he's, he's that consistent. But I do like Mackenzie Hughes. And then I like Taylor Pendrith a ton, but he's sort of like falling off everybody's radar. You know, so if you're, if you're going to go with a Canadian in here, like Nick Taylor, Pendrith, you know, those guys, who, who's your favorite out of, out of the industry? I think Pendrith. He's played a little bit better 
last few weeks of, of those guys. I think I would take Pendrith. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. Um, all right, so here's a couple things um, I need to talk about. Okay. All right, Tim. What do you think about hibachi restaurants? Because there's, like, if you go to hibachi, all right, and I'm talking about the ones they cook in front of you, and you got to go to this hibachi, and you got to sit down with all these strangers. Okay, let's say you got two people and you go into a hibachi and you're just going to, I mean, what other restaurant are they just going to say, all right, we're going to sit you with six random strangers. Okay. And, and what's the protocol here? What are we supposed to do? Like, am I supposed to ignore them or do I, am I supposed to like exchange pleasantries and then go about my business with, with. Never been to one. Never Whoa. been to one. Never been to one. But here's what I would do if I were to a restaurant and was seated with people I didn't know. And if I was like by myself, I would put in my ear pods hmm. and not Wait. talk to them. No, but you got to interact because the cook. Oh, is... no. Yeah, you do, Tim. What, were they going to throw me out? I don't know. I don't know if they allow AirPods or, or headphones. Well, then this is just not the place for me. Well, I've you got to go to try I've it. Never been to, I've never been to one of these places. I don't know if there's one of these places around me. They have hibachis in Canada. I, 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 don't, I don't dispute that they do. Okay. They just, if there were concentric circles of restaurants I go to and hibachi restaurants, those two circles don't interlap. That Venn diagram doesn't have an interlap. I just have never had that experience. You don't want to have somebody cooking some food in front of you. Not doing particularly. A, I a little want, onion volcano with some, you know. The closest thing for me is the Subway uh, sandwich artist. That's as close as I want for people cooking food in front of me, assembling. That I'm can't, comfortable with. You can't compare a chef at a hibachi restaurant with the Subway. No, you're right. The Subway the Subway's probably 10 times more tasty. I agree with you on that. There's probably no comparison. Listen, no, this is... All right, look. First off, we got to get you to a hibachi town. Right? Okay, I mean, I'm not opposed to going. It's just not something that's in my realm. If you sat with strangers, though, and they forced you, because they forced you to this. What would you do? Like, let's just say you're going into Hibachi. All right, this is your first time. You're with Pat Mayo or something. Okay. All right, and they're they're going to sit you with strangers. That's what they do. You got eight people at a table, and there's a there's a big flat, you know, skillet in front of yeah, you. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, what are you doing with these strangers? Are you gonna like? Are you gonna? So you're just putting the headphones in, or if I can gonna, get away with it. If, if, or if I'm there with, with my friend, I'm just talking to them. I don't know these people. You're I am not, on, not even there. I am not on the campaign trail. This is not the New Hampshire primary. I don't need to glad hand all these people at restaurants I don't know. I am here to eat and go home. The reason you go to dinner with friends and people you know is so that you can have a conversation with people that you know. I, Why would I want to go to dinner with people that I don't know randomly? To network with people I don't know. I'm not, that's not me. That's not where I'm coming from. Yeah. For food that, you know, probably isn't that fantastic. And they're celebrating a birthday or something that you're not really a part of. <sighs> and what am I supposed to do? Sing happy birthday to this person that I've never met? How sincere is that? How sincere is that? How excited not is the person on the other end getting a happy birthday? That this person who's never met you and will almost certainly never meet you again is, uh, you know, congratulating you on your birthday. Birthdays I, are overrated to begin with. I don't even understand why we really celebrate them. Like, wish, everyone has one. Like, so what? Not a big yeah, deal. I wish. I agree. And, and look, I'm with you. Like, I just, there, there's a lot of things about hibachis <laughs> that, that drive me crazy. Like, now, I do like the food, though. And I like, I kind of like the. So, what's a normal dish you would get a, at a hibachi restaurant? You get a lot of restaurant. fried rice, and you get, like, vegetables on the skillet. You get to choose chicken or steak. I usually do. I usually do the steak and shrimp. Like I do the combos because they got some, they got shrimp and stuff. Um, but that's it. It's How is this any better than Panda Express? Well, I don't know. That's a pretty good question. Because then I'd rather just go to yeah. the mall food court and have Panda Express. Well, yeah, but they don't cook it in front of you. you know? No, but they assemble it in front of me. That's just as good. Well, that's true. I don't, there's no allure to me to having the food cooked there's in no, front of me. There's no I don't vol need it. volcano onion. At, at a Panda Express. You're right. And yet, I somehow live my life in a particular way, not having had that experience. Hmm. Do you think if you were at a hibachi, though, 
would you you do you feel like you gotta use the chopsticks? Yes, or, or, or I'm like, pro chop. I'm pro chopstick. When I have I Chinese too. food or Thai food or whatever. I'm right. a chopstick person. Just making sure. I didn't know if you were gonna use a utensil. Do you look down upon the utensil users? Yes, I do too. For the most part, I mean, <laughs> if if you're physically not able to hold a utensil or like it's difficult, that's perfectly understandable. Yeah. But if you're an able-bodied 35 year old, yeah. you should know how to use chopsticks. I agree. You should. It's not that hard. If I can do it, and I have no dexterity or talent, if I can do it, you can do it. 100%. That's how I eat my Cheetos, too, with chopsticks. So you don't get the orange stuff all over your hands that way. What? Wait a second. 100%. You eat Cheetos with chopsticks. Yeah, because I hate having that stuff all over my hand. So this alleviates that problem. I always get, like, the extra sets of chopsticks when I get Chinese food or whatever. And I'll just break out those extra chopsticks and use them. It is a it's a it's a plus EV move, as they say in the business. Because <laughs> in your hands, I hate my hands getting dirty. It bothers me a great deal. And uh, this is a way to avoid that because that stuff doesn't come off in one wash either. It sticks around. <laughs> um, like be a little I feel civilized. Like it would be hard to hold a cheetah with a chopstick. Not hard at all. Not hard at all. How's it any different than picking up a piece of ginger beef? Is it? But then are you doing one Cheeto at a time or can you actually, are you skilled enough to multiple Cheeto it? With I've never chopsticks? tried multiple. I'm sure I could. I mean, how hard could it be? It's just chopsticks. But yeah, it's usually one at a time. Hmm. I just, you know, I didn't expect this. I don't know. I may have to try that though. You should. And then once you've been converted, you'll be like, this is actually brilliant. And why wouldn't I have done it this way? Here's where I have a problem because a lot of times when I'm eating a Cheeto, it tends to be after a few drinks. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like it becomes harder to chopstick a Cheeto Maybe. when you've when you uh, got some drinks in you. That's that could I'm be. Thinking. I'm not a big drinker. I don't drink that often. Okay, so yeah, I know, I'm not, I know. I'm not eating Cheetos, uh, you know, after having a couple of drinks. I'm All right, doing so here's, here's what I'll do. Bottle. I'll report back to him. Okay. Uh, the next time I'm going in on some Cheetos, but I've had a few drinks, I'll let you know how good I can chopstick them. All right. Well, I'd be fascinated to know. Once you're converted, you'll tell all your friends. All right. Well, this is this is a piece. Um, all right. Let's talk about some bombs over 130 to one. Then I'm going to give you my top 26 pack. And then we've got some time. I got to get into some pontificates. All right. So, um, you know, one of the things, if anybody reads the Chalk Bomb email, by the way, if you have not subscribed to the Chalk Bomb, you need to. Uh, a lot of fantastic information in the Chalk Bomb. Just go to the website, go to the bottom of the page on the right hand side. Put your email in there, and you can uh, you can subscribe to the Chalk Bomb. But I give my pontificates with Pat, so I've got a few that I want to run by Tim. Maybe he's got some that um, that uh, he can think of off the top of his head because I didn't tell him that he needed to come prepared with anything. Um, but you may have some when you start to hear some of mine. Um, so we'll go over some pontificates to close the show. Then we'll be done, Tim. But let's go over a few bombs over 130 to one. I've just got a couple, really. Okay. One is Mark Hubbard. Mark Hubbard continues to play fantastic golf week in and week out. He is a great scorer. We know that. He just, he's, he's just, it's only a matter of time for me. And now that's, that's what you're getting when you're looking at these bombs over 130 to one. All of these guys, unless they're, you know, somebody like a web or something, it's only a matter of time. That's kind of what we're given here. Like Denny McCarthy last week, you know, his second year on tour. It's only a matter of time, and it almost was last week. Damn, almost had that. Um, but Mark Hubbard is 150 to 1. I like him. I like how he's played lately. I think he is uh, a very good bet there. I think if you want to top 20 him, you can. I don't see the numbers on that, but I bet it's around like 3 to 1, something in that area. Another one, another guy that I think is fantastic is Carson Young. You know, Carson Young has been playing great golf. You look at his last four events, he's got three top 20 finishes in those last four events. So I think Carson Young is another one that we can look at. Uh, also, he is 250 to one for Carson Young to win. Um, let me look real quick, see if I see any others that are uh, just off the top of my head in here. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a hodgepodge of guys here at the Canadian Open, Tim. There, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of different 
a lot of different golfers. Um, you know, Austin Smotherman's in the field. We've seen some good things. Might be a potential first-round leader bet. He's at 280 to 1. Actually, I see him at 301 points bet. He has not had the greatest um, events lately to be a first-round leader. But anybody for you, Tim, just looking at long shots, you know, 150 to 1 and longer, anybody kind of jump off the page at you? Callum Tarrant. Okay. Canadian? He either, no, yeah. he's no, not he's British. Canadian. He's English. He's uh, yeah. He either blows up or plays decently. And he blows up far more frequently than he plays decently. But, you know, he was top 30 at the PGA Championship, top 25 at Farmers, uh, second at the RSM. I mean, then he, you know, and then he got cut for a while. But top 64 at Wells Fargo, like, yes, he's not great. That's why the odds are long. He played really well for like 10 seconds at the PGA Championship uh, and was actually, you know, like in second place for a bit on Thursday. Um, you're asking me for a super long bomb. That's where I'd go. I don't mind it. Taron's one that I, he's kind of, yeah, I like him. I never feel like I get him right, but that's what you're, you know, you're, you're just going with some random plays in here. So I'm totally with you. All right. I'm going to get into um, my top 10 locks or top 20 locks and then um, a bomb four to one and longer for top 20. And then we'll get into some pontificates or as our buddy Josh Kissler said, uh, pontificus. <laughs> so we can put that in there too. Um, but um, all right, top 20 locks. Here's mine. By the way, last week, the top 20 locks were I had, speaking of Canadians, Corey Connors, miscut. I had Sahith Bagala. He did not finish in the top 20. And then I had Austin Necro. It was my bomb. He was close. He was 30th. Uh, DB, though, hit both of his locks. He had, he had Ricky Fowler, top 20. Tim. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? I know. I know. But he had him at plus 165, and he also had a, had Terrell Hatton at plus 125. Um, I can't remember who the bomb was, but the bomb didn't hit. But both those players did hit. So here are my top 20 locks this week. First off, I'm going to go with Tommy Fleetwood. He is even money. So Tommy Fleetwood, even money. I like that. Then I'm going to go with Adam Svensson at plus 210. I like that. I think Svensson's going to have a good one. I really do. For the bomb, so... Four to one and longer. I got to go with Carson Young, my boy Car- Carson Young, plus five hundred. Like I said, you're just if you're just going by his history the last few weeks, and we're trying to get a top twenty, he's doing that. T twenty one, T fourteen, T fifteen. That's three of his last four events. All right, the trend is there for him to potentially get another top twenty. I like him at plus five hundred. Tim, I don't know if you got any in front of you for top 20s. I don't. But uh, so, so nothing for me. No. That's okay. That's all right. I didn't ask you for that. So that's okay. All right. Oh, Tim, I got to talk about some pontificate. All right. Okay. We're going to run through these. We're going to run through these and, uh, and see what you think. First off, this is really what started pontificate for me. Okay, so this is my first, probably the one of the first ever pontificate thoughts. I cannot stand people who don't take their shopping carts back to right to jail, right to jail immediately, right to jail. They, there should be a cop out there taking people to jail for it. Hundred percent agreed. How yeah. how lazy are you that you're just going to leave your shopping cart either on the culvert or in a parking space or something? The worst. The worst. The it's worst terrible. behavior. It is it is awful behavior. If you're not taking people for to jail for that, then there should be a, a like a big billboard somewhere, you know, at the grocery store or whatever saying this person, you know, lazy, non shopping cart taker back person. You know, like one of the sh- one of the grocery stores around here used to have this thing where you had to insert a dollar coin into the shopping cart to use it. And then you got the coin back as soon as you put the shopping cart back in the corral. Mm-hmm. And you turn the key and you got the coin back. Yeah. And what did that mean? That people brought their shopping carts back because yeah. otherwise they'd lose their dollar. Yeah, I, I'm 100% agree. Um, all right, here's another one. Why did cereal innovation just die in the, in the 90s? Like, we had all these cereals coming out in the 80s and 90s, and they're, they're gone. Like, we, they're, I mean, they're still here, but... When's the last time a new cereal came out? I can't remember the last time. They're all renovations of the same thing. Oh, here's a yeah. different type of Cheerio. Here's a different type of Special K flake. Here's a different type of, yeah. No, I, I, 
I, I have to assume it's because cereal just isn't something that younger people are eating. And therefore, there's a zero, there's zero desire for renovation, that it is all 33-year-olds who never grew up who are eating cereal at 4 a.m., uh, that there's no need for this innovation. So it just, it just ran its course, and nobody has any sort of you know, creative thoughts when it comes to a new cereal anymore. I guess so. I mean, I mean, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I can't either. That's what I'm. That's why it's a. It uh, may be exhausting. I mean, sometimes things, just, ideas, just become exhausted. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I would love for somebody to come out with a new cereal that people like. Um, here's another one. I think cottage cheese is a dying cheese. I. It is. It's delicious, particularly when it's the. I used to get the when I was younger the cottage cheese with the pineapple on the bottom that you'd mix up. Oh my god, that was so good. But now, unless you're like having lasagna, where I see a lot of people put it in, you don't see cottage cheese very often. I agree with you. It is a dying cheese. And it's deeply unfortunate, because it's actually quite delicious. You know, I don't know if I could say it's delicious, but I... Okay, well, I will. I'll say it's delicious. But yeah, you can say it, and I, I have to admit that I haven't had cottage cheese in a while, because I just, it's, it's not top of mind, obviously, because I think it's a dying cheese, you know? People, You're right. You know, I had a Latin teacher growing up, Tim, that if you called Latin a dying language, she she would almost want to slap because that's what they were. I mean, she didn't believe it was a dying language. Um, most people would disagree. But what year did you go to school that you had Latin class? I, I was a, in, in the nineties. Okay, because I too went to school in the nineties, and that yeah. that was not a thing. Well, you t- you did you took you took Latin class, Tim, so that you could find the roots of a word that would help you for your SAT. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's why you did that. Um, okay. But anyway, I think cottage cheese is a dying cheese. I really. You're do. right, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Um, do you? All right. So I think there's two types of people in this world. There's a dish towel people who have dish towels, and that's what they use. That's how they dry their hands. That's how they wipe their counters. And then I have there's paper towel people. Okay, so I have to admit, Tim, I'm a dish towel person. Gross. Gross. Yeah. No. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Ah, yeah. think of no, no. Dish towel can be used one time, then into the wash it has to go. No, and you, don't you got wash it with anything things. else. Either. No, gotta, no. Ugh, gross. I mean, I guess if you're washing, if you're using it to dry off the dishes as they come out of the dishwasher, that's mm-hmm. fine because every dish that you're wiping the water it's off clean. of is clean, perfectly fine. I think so that but, it's clean on clean, clean on clean. But then, but when dirt, people dirty don't it. use it that way. They wash their hands really quickly in the sink, and then they use the dish towel. To, to dry their hand. No, gross. Disgusting. No. That's why the good Lord invented paper towels so that I didn't have to touch those sorts of things. Okay. Not, I, hi, not hygienic. I get it. Ugh. I get it. Okay. Um, all right. Here's another couple ones for me. Um, I don't understand why the, com- the computer mouse is still a thing. Like, I feel like we could do something. There's, you talk about innovation. I feel like we could have something different than a mouse. I hate uh, computer... Uh, Computer mice, I suppose that's the plural. Yeah. I hate them. Uh, you know, when every time, a few times when I when I will go into my office and they've got the mouse that mm-hmm. you can hook your laptop up to use. It's like this feels like so arcane. Yeah. I might as well have a printer where I rip off the perforated edges. Yeah, uh, with the holes, it, it's awful. My finger is always going to be more precise on a trackpad than uh, or with that button in the middle, which I also like. I find that to be. I don't mind the button either. I use the button or my finger on the trackpad. I can be a thousand times more precise than I can with a big clunky mouse. They're dumb. Get rid of them. I'm I'm totally with you there. And you know what I hate too is when uh, I'm using a mouse and I can't find the cursor. Like the cursor cursor disappears for no reason. God knows what reason. Worst. And I mean, I'm not a tech person. This happens to me all the time. Yeah, I agree. It's it's so stupid. Um. Here, you know, another one. Who has Sharpies in a bathroom? Like, why, if you're going, like, you see, like, if you go to a gas station. Yeah, if you go to a gas station bathroom. Now, Tim. Uh, Which I I do not do. (laughs) I know you don't go. You probably don't. You got to find, listen, I listened to a recent show. You didn't even go into the McDonald's bathroom. You went, you found another bathroom next to the McDonald's. Which I knew would be significantly cleaner, yes. So this one probably doesn't resonate. Because if you go into a gas station bathroom, there's like writing on the walls with Sharpies. And I just don't know who brings a Sharpie into a bathroom. Oh, okay. So I know what you're talking about. Like the people who write stuff on stalls or whatever. Yeah, I don't understand that. I have no idea. How bored are you? Like you're in one of the grossest places on earth. 
You just need to do what it is you're there to do and get out as quickly as possible. Yeah. I don't have time to leave carvings on the wall uh, like an ancient civilization. I need to get out of that place because it's filthy. I'm, I'm with you 100%. All right, this is my last one. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you to have a stage for it. If you don't okay. have any, that's fine. I got one for sure. Okay. All right, so we'll get to that. But here's, the, here's my last one. Edible arrangements drive me up the freaking wall. I cannot stand them. I don't. I'll know go who, farther. I don't even like cakes that look nice. I, it's, I don't know who wants an edible arrangement as a gift. Nobody. No, nobody does. All right, it's way too much fruit. Okay, you can't fit them in the refrigerator anyway, so it's no. just going to go bad. All right, and then you're like being forced to like it and eat all this fruit that you can't even eat. Awful. It's, this awful concept in the world. Awful. I can't stand edible arrangements. Who would buy? I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Yeah. It's it it's very flashy. It's a very peacock move to get somebody an edible arrangement. Yeah, uh, it's a gift they can't really enjoy. Just give me the money. Yeah, hundred percent agree. All right. Oh, this is good. All right, Tim. Any? What do you have? You got any pontificates? Well, I was just last week to one of the nicest golf courses in Canada, uh, the Cabot uh, courses. Yeah. And it occurred to me that I would, one of the things I like the least about golfing is having to put my own tee peg in the ground. And I would like there to be a service where the, you could have a valet at the tee box where they would put your tee and ball in the ground for you. The way a caddy recommends for you, you know, a club and a line and a distance, there should be someone at every tee box to provide and see, okay, what club are you going to hit here, Tim? I'm going to hit driver. Okay, well, then here, let me, then here's the tee. And the ball, and here's where it should be. And they put it in for you. So I don't have to bend down and put the tea peg in the ground. I believe that the people should just do that for me. I think that would make my enjoyment of golf that much better if nice golf courses would just put the peg in the ground for me. Interesting. But what if they don't put it in at the right height that you like? And well, but you know what? They're the expert. They're the ones who know what height my tee should be at. Because, I mean, I'm one of these people where I just use the plain, regular tee. And so it's always a guessing game as to exactly how far my tee is in the ground. I mean, if I'm hitting an iron or something. I know it's got to be like that far off, but if it's a driver, you know, am I off a half inch here and a quarter inch there all the time? So I'm just guessing as it is. Let the professionals do it, and then I don't have to bend over. So is it it's, is it strictly like a bend over thing, or is it partly? Or, or, it's annoying. The whole thing. Yeah. I, I'm I'm too imprecise to get it right, and it's an exertion of effort I don't want to make. And so they should have somebody who tells me where the right spot to peg it in. They know where the flat spot on the tee box is. There's nothing worse. Than going yeah. to a tee box and having to find a flat space. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it, it, you should have a valet at every tee box that, that puts your tee in. That'd be really nice. Yeah, I, you know, I've never thought of that before. I'm looking I, to reduce the labor that I have to put into things. Yeah, I don't. You know, I hear what you're saying. Uh, I feel like I'm a little bit too of a much of a control freak though to let somebody do that portion for me. Like I get it. You know, when you have caddies and stuff, like they can read putts and they do all this stuff for you to carry in the bag, whatever. Um, I feel like they're going to get my tea wrong. That's what worries me. They're going to like do something that screws up my tea. But I will say this. If I could have one on the first tee, I'd be okay with it. Because that would be nice. I'm a little more nervous. And I don't want to, you know, especially if I'm playing in a big group and I'm shaking on the first tee and I'm trying to get that ball down there and the ball pops off like five different times. That I like, I think if you could have them at least for the first few holes and then maybe they go and they recycle back to the next, you know, to somebody behind them. It'd be like, really I, nice. I think that would be nice. So it I, would just make the experience that much more pleasant. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, I hadn't really thought about that, but that, um, that's certainly something that's interesting. Um, any other things come to your mind? Why can't my remotes automatically sync to each other all the time with my television? Mm. I shouldn't have to have, as I do, three separate remotes to turn this on, this turns the TV on. This turns the cable box on. This turns the Apple TV thing on. Why can't it all just be in one remote that I can use? Uh, yeah. Why doesn't it talk to each other through the Bluetooth or you jailbreak one of the remotes so that yeah. it talks to each other or something? I don't know, but it's so frustrating to have them. Any, anytime someone's over to your house, they're like, you always have to be the person who turns the TV on for them because they're not going to be able to figure out the backwards machinations you have to use to get your TV on. It's frustrating. In 2023, it should just work for me. Yeah. Well, 
I agree. And you know what? It doesn't like if you have a, a, a remote like that and I see, you know, DB's in here in the chat. And he's just saying he's this is smart ass DB. It's called a universal. Remote. I don't know what that is. I don't know okay. what those are. I've never right. seen those. What, what's a universal? What, remote? And, and then if you have a universal remote, if, if, if I'm thinking of one, it's got to look like one of those, you know, you know, trigonometry calculator. Oh, if there's like a thousand buttons on it, yeah. I don't want it. Why I don't do you need want that it. many buttons on a remote control? I don't, you don't. You don't. No. You don't. It's confusing. You hit the wrong buttons all the time. I don't want that. I want it simple, and I want it done for me. Yeah. You only need maybe, you need volume up and down, channel up and down, and maybe like three or four Mute. other buttons. Mute. Mute. On, off, and the, and the ten digits. Yeah. That's, That's it. That's it. That's all I need. I, yeah. I, I totally agree. I don't want a smart TV. I want a dumb TV. I want a yeah. TV that turns on. And the remote should just automatically pair up with everything. Every time, all the time, without any labor on my part. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to, like, go look and pull out the instructions and find no. the code for this TV and that And TV. the remote should be—you should be able to charge them. They, they shouldn't be battery-powered. In this day and age, why am I using AA batteries? They should be— yeah, remotes that I can just plug into the wall to charge electronically. Anything electronic for me needs to be very easy, and also, but but here's the thing, and because the average person can't figure it out. Yeah, but it also like we have the capability in this world to make it easy. It doesn't have to be that difficult. Yes, that's what frustrates me. Everyone's you and like, I oh, there's struggle. so much. We got to struggle I, through all of this, all of it, and and then instead of being helpful, people are like, "Oh, well, you can just buy this remote that no one's ever heard of. Why don't yeah. you do that? Oh, yeah. Well, why don't I do that thing that no one's ever heard of? Sorry. Yeah. See, this is yeah. I'm totally with you here on on this, Tim. Um. All right. I don't have any other. I don't have anything else. No, I, I think it's do been I. a great RBC Canadian show. Um. We've solved a lot of problems here. Maybe we've. we've brought up some new problems it's people. it's great to be on a podcast where somebody sort of sees things the way i see them yeah it, it's a breath of fresh air i have to say well, it's very different from the experiences that i usually go through which uh, which is opposite than this yeah well listen tim and i i knew this would happen i knew you and i were kindred spirits now we may not always agree but kindred spirits don't always agree on everything that's right no that's right we don't so we're gonna have to do this again i appreciate you coming on taking time out oh, my pleasure. This. I didn't give you hardly any kind of prep at all. Actually, I gave you zero prep. That's um, how I go into the shows usually. So, well, that's the <laughs> that's the best thing. I love it. So, Tim, I hope you have a great week. Um, again, appreciate you coming on. And um, all right, that's all I got. My See sincere ya. pleasure. Thank you, Tim.